We should just like do this is the podcast. I mean, I agree. very brief. I'll just I'll just edit in the intro later because it'll take longer for me to uh, set up the sound player thing. Pretend that some gay ass intro just played. All right, well here we are. Wow, I gotta say that intro sounded exactly like the intro usually does. Like <laughs> totally, exactly the same, no difference. And I've been on the show with her twice, so I would know. Yeah, yeah, I know how to run a professional podcast. And... We never miss a week because of any reason. Right, definitely That's not. A... It's definitely not the first time that we missed a week, by the way, is it? Uh, no. No, it's not. Good. Because I was kind of feeling bad. And then oh, I remembered yeah. what podcast we were doing, and suddenly I didn't feel that bad anymore. <laughs> well, hello, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. This is um, Andrew Aroa McFain. That's me, with Connor the Cyberpunk Monk. Besh, that's him. Hey, shout um, run. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you for joining us today on uh, Saturday February 17th, 2019. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's Saturday. I'm sorry, it's Sunday. This Sunday. Is... February 17th, 2019. We almost nailed it. We almost did it perfect. If it was if it was Saturday, I wouldn't have to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I was trying not to think about that. Uh... Well, well, speaking speaking of not wanting to go to work, what kind of video games have you been playing lately, dude? Um, mobile games. Actually, uh, I was in a I was in a Smash Brothers tournament this week. Ooh, how'd that, that pretty, go? It was pretty fun. But what's the What's the details? What kind of tournament was it? It was um. So it was at work. Weirdly enough, um, and they they did two tournaments they did a 1v1 that was all battlefield no items uh that kind of shit mm-hmm. but then, they and also, then there was a fun tournament too y- yeah there was a fun tournament where it was 2v or not 2 uh, yeah it was 2v2 and uh they had items turned on and all that uh lost in the first round of the 2v2 tournament um not and the ceo was like get dunked on well, it was uh it was me and some lady from like HR or some shit. Uh and she uh, she tried. I'll say that she tried. 
but uh so i watched her so both of us were also in the 1v1 tournament mm-hmm. and i watched her play 1v1 against someone uh first off and she was playing peach and it was just embarrassing um and it, it like like she just did nothing but side specials over and over again well, that's actually the only move in the game. That's a, that's a very well-known bug with Peach right now. I'm sure they're going to fix it with the 3.0 update that's coming eventually. Oh, okay. So so Peach is just the Hacha character. That's yeah, just... your, uh, your co-worker, the, the HR lady, is actually phenomenal at the game. It's just it's it's an issue with the character. What can I say? Oh, what, what are you going to do? Not play your main at a work tournament? That's when you need to represent more than any other time in your life. I guess that that's a very, that's a fair point. But... Uh... You you definitely need to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was bad. And then the two v two, there was uh, there was no game mode turned on on the TV for some reason. So was there a little input lag or something? So a little bit, a little bit of input lag. Good. Um, having worked in a video game lab once in my life, I can I can tell you that's something that people are really sensitive about. Yeah. So. Don't know why they didn't have it turned on on the two v two TV, but that didn't help matters much. No one just bothered doing it. I I feel like they tried to figure out how to turn it on and couldn't do it, and I don't know how that's possible considering I was pretty sure it was the same model as the other two TVs, but maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, I know you you can do IT stuff. Are you an IT guy though? Couldn't you have like stepped in and? commandeered the situation well by the by the time i knew what was what all was going down uh they were already like in the middle of of the tournament and i wasn't gonna like stop them and be like wait we must activate game mode (laughs) you could have been the hero of the day man could have i guess but i was i was too busy thinking wow i can't wait to go home in half an hour because i'm going to lose every match Mm. but that didn't happen uh, first off, I, I had a buy the first round, so, uh, that was just luck. And then the second round, I, uh, I beat my opponent. And I was, I was quite satisfied by that. Then I lost. And then I didn't win for the rest of the night. Would you say you had a fun time overall, though? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I, I had no idea that there were so many people at my office that, were into smash and like there were even a number of people who wanted to use gamecube controllers like insisted on it oh yeah man it's real popular right now yeah they were huge fucking dweebs but you know whatever um just remember that next time you gotta go down to the hr office be like hey give me some lip 1v1 smash we'll settle this the real way (laughs) but you say you say that i can't keep on cooking my lunch that makes a mess in the office i say that if I could beat you with no items on, I can, Carol. I I think that's uh, I should propose that as the new official way to uh, officiate <laughs> disagreements yeah, go, in the workplace. Go over to the recommendation box and just write down one v one fight me, scrub lord. <laughs> uh, the with office is going to be a lot more fun in the coming months. I can only hope. Uh. That's the only exciting, interesting thing with video games that I've done this week. I haven't played, like, very much Kingdom Hearts at all. 
Uh, I did get through the uh, Toy Story area. I really liked Woody shit-talking whichever bad guy it was that he was shit-talking. I can't keep them straight. They're all saying, aren't they? Pretty much. Um, But, yeah, outside of that, just... uh, I just try to keep my login streak in Fate Go going, and I have been successful. Oh, uh, Fate Go VR came out. I haven't played it yet, but it's been out in Japan for a while, and I watched somebody play it in Japanese, but I'm excited to see it in English. Should um, be a fun time. Yeah, it's it's purely just watching uh, your Kohai... Uh, Make a fool of herself. And I, I was going to ask, I really hope it's just the VR experience of holding a phone and playing it mobily. Oh, no, it's it's not quite that silly. But it, it, you're, you're just playing your character from the game and you're watching your, your friend who is also, like, sort of the main character uh, try to train to get to, to become a better demi-servant. And... Uh, you, you just watch your boobs bounce. That's really all it, all it's about. And really, if we're not using VR applications for specifically that, why are we even bothering? Exactly. That is that is all it's for right now. Well, um, what about you, good sir? Do you have anything interesting to say? I guess. Um, so I haven't been on the podcast in like a month. Mostly because Nathan does things like last minute tells us we're going to be showing up an hour earlier. And it's like, well, I'm I'm already out, you know. But what I've been doing to pass the time has been playing Breath of the Wild again. Um, which I've been saying I've been wanting to do for a while. But I've been doing Master Mode this time around. Holy fuck, this game is still great. Like, uh, Hyrule, Breath of the Wild's Hyrule, still my favorite place to get lost of any video game. Just being like, I have 45 minutes to blow. I'm going to go wander around for a bit and see if I can find some more shrines or Korok seeds. This is a, an amazing game. Masterpiece game. I can't wait to see what they do with future installations. How is Master Mode going, though? Because I found it difficult, to say the least. It was really hard to start off. Um, enemies being able to recover health is stupid and dumb. But it just means you need to learn how to play better. Um, I found once I had... So I didn't really even start fighting until I had the Master Sword-like. And that wasn't for any reason other than that I wanted to save the durability of all of my weapons. Like, if I had to fight something, I'd go out of my way to go and sneak strike it specifically just so I can keep those good weapons. That's everything. If you're running around and you suddenly are out of weapons, you can't, like, bomb spam things to death anymore. They'll just keep on getting up and coming after you. But... Once you do kind of get strong enough where you can hold your own, the game becomes a lot more fun. All the enemies having more health and just having more of them in places you wouldn't typically expect to see them at, it definitely increases the game's difficulty in an interesting way that I wasn't about at first, but I've absolutely fallen in love with since. Well. And other than that, I've played like four hours of path i'm sorry not four hours like four days worth of pathfinder since i was last on here i've been doing a lot of traditional gaming lately it's been a blast i find it more and more interesting that the whole traditional gaming thing continues to rise in popularity 
Mm-hmm. I just taught two people how to play for the very first time last night. It's still growing in popularity. Escapism is really in right now. And and not in the in the way that I think everybody would have expected, wherein we just have video games. Like people are people are going back to to board games and card games and whatnot. Well, I have a I have a hot take of a theory of why that might be. See a row of the thing is. Video games kinda suck right now. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've noticed that or not. Yeah. Um I can Except for Breath of the Wild, which is fucking phenomenal. Well, I think it's I think a lot of it is barrier to entry. You know, like because uh, the the thing about traditional gaming is that my mom can learn to play cards against humanity. Mm-hmm. My mom could not learn to play I don't know well XCOM or or like I don't know what 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 are the kids it's Starbound. That's something that I that I played recently that is cooperative. Like my you mom's mean your not, mom doesn't uh, continue to stream Fortnite on her Twitch stream every right. weekend? Yeah, she's she's not going to bother learning how to play Fortnite, but she will definitely learn how like to play or something. Yeah, how to play a Tetris game, or or I don't know uh, to, what's take a take to ride, you know, something like that. Like it, people people are more willing to sit down with physical objects. And play around with those, and and read a rule set that can fit easily within five or six pages, as opposed to something with hours upon hours of learning nuances. Sure, I'll get what you're getting at. And as somebody who loves tabletop games as well, I will say people don't always have the patience to sit down and learn how to play a tabletop game. Well, in the um, case of Pathfinder, that's that's getting up into the extreme area of it. Even. Some of the more complex table that like I've had people give up when I explain Settlers of Catan to them, which is a shame because that's not that hard of a game. I mean, I get that it could be intimidating, but I digress. Uh, that's how I that's how I feel about Risk. My wife loves Risk, but uh, yeah, fucking great game. It definitely like you need a day to play it, and if you're not ready to do that, I wouldn't recommend taking the dive into it because you're just gonna piss off anyone else at the table with you. But it's a fantastic game. Right. Well, um, you have anything to shill? Apparently we do that at the beginning now. No. Who do you think I am, Reeton? <laughs> um, and as far as my shilling goes, you got, you, you got my YouTube. It's a row 1337. You got my Twitter. It's a row. You, you got... You got other stuff. It, it, if you go to Twitter, you'll find of it somehow. Probably. It don't matter. None of this. Hey, speaking of people that don't matter, look at this. Look at this vape guy. This vape guy here. Guy from Texas. Vaping. Now he's dead. Vaping kills, kids. Vaping kills. There was some dude in Texas. He was smoking. He was smoking some, some sweet spiff, out of a, out of a vapor, chambero. And uh, 
it exploded. Exploded right in his face, severing an artery in his brain. And now he's dead. Apparently that's a that's an ongoing problem. I guess uh I guess vape pens being made with cheap shit. Uh just keep exploding in people's faces, which you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. Something that gets really, really hot adjacent to a lithium battery, probably not great. Probably not a great idea. Especially when What do you mean some... those things explode? <laughs> I mean uh, admittedly and ironically enough in, in some ways, phones are kind of the same way. I mean the the processors will get up to close to uh like eighty or ninety degrees Celsius. And they are really, really close to uh, a lithium battery. But there's there's a lot more hardware in there keeping them from blowing up as opposed to in a vape pen, which, uh, from what I've seen, they are very simple little circuits that, you know, in the nicer ones, they, they will prevent something like this. But anything that's going to come straight out of a Chinese manufacturer that has no quality control oversight you're you're risking this sort of stuff which is kind of part of the whole e-cigarette thing in general and that that was why the fda tried to crack down on the whole thing like i'm all for people doing what they want to themselves but you 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 gotta you gotta at least make an attempt to protect the dumber people or at the very least the cheaper people um the problem is these people are picking up vaporizers uh, like the little, what the hell do they call them? They said it in the article. They're the the rig pens, which it sounds like, like you said, it's just a, a heating apparatus that's strapped right next to a lithium ion battery that could be recharged and some sort of container that you stick into your mouth holes. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, I do know because you did say it a second ago, but there's just something about putting a lithium ion battery in a heat source next to my face, really next to any part of my body that I just don't feel comfortable doing. Um, I don't care how much you need your nicotine. You should smoke. Really, that's the the moral of the story is don't stop smoking. Just keep smoking. Because that way, the cigarette won't explode and cut your jugular. That is that is true. That is a uh, thing that's an unintentional advantage that I don't think anybody expected is that... Uh, while cigarettes will kill you, it won't be instantaneous and because of a giant fiery explosion. Right, your your left corroded artery will be entirely intact. You could smoke for 30, 40 years and be just fine. That's the uh, the Reet and Entertainment guarantee. Yeah, so that's the official podcast uh, seal of approval on cigarettes. Uh, please, that that's our policy. Please keep smoking. Don't vape. Don't you vape? Um, yeah, actually, I do. I'm, I'm holding a vaporizer that, you know, is basically a lithium-ion rechargeable battery next to a heating apparatus. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's a fat cloud, man. <laughs> well, um, you know, I guess that's the... That's the trade-off. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair according to the law of equivalent exchange if you got rid of the lethality of regular cigarettes and just didn't replace it with the lethality of an explosive lithium-ion battery. 
Well, the it's not even that so much is it's not cool if there's no danger. Like that was always the appeal of cigarettes to everybody everywhere. And anyone who says otherwise is a communist. And if you're not going to upgrade the, you know, up the ante and turn it into a goddamn explosive, are you really even trying to look cool? He makes a good point, folks. But you know what doesn't look cool is when your car stops in the middle of the street and locks you inside because it needs to do a system update. So I didn't actually realize this just stopped in the middle of the street. I thought they were like going to start their car and get the fuck to work or something like that. And suddenly they couldn't. But that, that's that's much worse. Now, uh, so I brought up China in the previous article. And uh, yeah, apparently there's this Chinese company called Neo that uh, has been dubbed China Tesla. And just going along with the whole Tesla theme, making some really stupid decisions that fuck a lot of people over. Um, apparently, the uh, this guy had uh, stopped his car in Chang'an Avenue, one of the most prestigious streets in Beijing, and uh, the car started doing a software update. Uh... It uh, lasted more than an hour, and during the process, the car refused to start, had locked its passengers inside the car. Uh, several police officers tried to open the car windows in order to free the passengers, but they couldn't do it. After the software update finished, the car went back to normal. So, uh, welcome to the future, folks. Your, your car will do a software update while you're driving it, stopping you on the freeway for upwards of an hour at a time. Now, to be fair, uh, Neo does say that the driver said, this is a quote, accidentally made a series of operations that activated the system update. So it's more likely than not that what this guy was doing was dicking around with his panel while he was at a red light. And he was like, I wonder if I have a system update. And the car didn't have any system. That's like, hey, don't do this while you're driving because it's going to take an hour. Once it started, you can't stop. Anyone who's done IT before knows that. But that's a really bad idea that you could do that. Like yeah. anywhere that's not your charging deck or, you know, certainly in the middle of traffic. Uh, yeah. Even, even if it was, if it had something that had a confirmation message that was like, Hey, uh, are you sure you want to do this? Because the car will not operate until the system update is complete. And maybe, maybe it does. And the guy just went, uh, Ching chong bing bong and hit oh, okay and went along with it. So this um this parallels me to an issue that I had in my my day to day work recently. Uh, a company that I worked for was disappointed that you can't just buy a phone and plug it in and have like the what do you call it, the SIP system just identify and update everything automatically. And the dude is like, well, why can't you just plug it in and have it work? It's a phone line, God, whatever. But we're coming in a day where you can no longer power your car if your firmware is out of date because it might just decide, you know, whether or not you're telling it to or not, that it needs to update right there, right fucking now in the middle of the street. And, Which is cyberpunk as fuck. And the, we're and living the fact, in the future, man. We're living the in the that future. The, that the car can't operate while the system update is in progress. Right, like, or at the very least, let you open the doors? Yeah. You like, think there'd be some sort of, uh, you know, physical workaround to that? And, and 
also, as part of that, it uh, kind of worries me that the system software in a vehicle is so closely tied in to every single system in a car that even the door locks don't operate without the system software functioning correctly. For sure, man, for sure. What happens when your vehicle, I don't know, overheats or has some sort of malfunction? That's a safety liability at that point if there's not a way for you to get the fuck out of that car. Yeah, and and not to mention the the fear of yeah, we we have such a such a strong problem with mobile devices being hacked or otherwise exploited. And we already know that various cars in America can get hacked. Uh, any Almost anything with an OnStar system can get hacked into from somebody sitting behind you on the highway. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it, they, they can control everything about your vehicle, because with OnStar vehicles, like they can, they can do certain things. Like they can definitely mess with your, your brakes and your steering wheel and whatnot. But even being able to trap you inside the car, that's fucking, how, how do you design a vehicle that way? I don't get it. I just feel like there would be something in place that would be able to keep that from happening. Then again, this is a Chinese company. The regulations might not be so forgiving for the user. Yeah. I, I I did want to say that, yeah, it's a Chinese company, so I don't know why I expect otherwise. And I, I hate that it has to be that way, because in, in spite of me saying Ching Chong Bing Bong a few minutes ago, I don't I don't think that China is a bad country as far as new products go. Uh, they they have a lot of people over there who are just the same as Americans trying to come up with good ideas and make affordable products for a mass market. And the problem is just that China as a whole and the government particularly just, it doesn't have the same level of infrastructure that America does whenever it comes to quality and, and regulation. I wonder if that's by design. Uh, I'd imagine that it wasn't initially. And as China has expanded in terms of being the manufacturing center of the entire planet. That's probably just been something maintained. I would not be surprised if multiple people in China's government have said, maybe we should have some kind of regulation on this kind of stuff. And then other people within Chinese economic decision-making have gone, if we introduce regulation we will lose billions and or well i guess in china money trillions but in any case i'd yeah. just like to think that the the official government of china has like a committee of shitty products and it's their <laughs> job to make sure that things are just as terrible as they can get away <laughs> with making them whoa whoa now is that the phone not to blow up make it to blow up <laughs> The magistrate swings by the local vape general factory and says, hey, I can't do a, an accent like you would. Make sure that thing can explode. If we don't get enough excitement, they won't use it anymore. We need a failure rate of at least 10%. <laughs> Jesus, the 10% failure rate is high. <laughs> they, they're really pushing the envelope now on making things break. 
<laughs> That's the committee for you. <laughs> the committee of shitty products. Um, shitty products. Hey, I'm I'm on a roll with these half-assed uh, segues. Shitty products come around. You know, you know what's shitty is uh, DNA test companies, uh, particularly Family Tree DNA. Apparently, uh, Family Tree DNA, which I have seen advertised on various websites and blogs that uh, that talk about DNA testing services, um, they, they've they've decided to work with the FBI to provide genetic information that could solve violent crimes. And if that doesn't, that doesn't sound dystopian as all get out, I don't know what does. It's pretty dystopian. Um, I'd like to imagine that the people who Family Tree DNA was offering their, and I'm guessing that they're just like a "What's your bloodline lineage?" shit. Like, yeah, they are. Like a twenty DM or something like that. Nobody. I mean, I don't want to say nobody, but I just feel like I saw these services going around, and I'm like, how is this not just cataloging people's, you know, DNA, their genetic structures, and the fact that they're turning around and you know going, "Hey, we're going to use this shit to solve crimes now." I'm excited for it, but no shit. What else were they going to be doing with this data? Yeah, and uh, I think it was 23andMe that had previously at one point said they were uh, going to offer their offer their data to health insurance companies. Right, and, and as cool a... as that is, they're a private company. If yeah. this was something that wasn't a private company, I'd be totally, totally stoked with that. You could do some good with that. But somebody's bottom dollar somebody's agenda is now the privatization of people's dna information like their forensic data and that should be private and not not also to mention that uh like how is this data how's this data being transferred how is it being shared and is this not um yeah is this not a hipaa concern I would certainly think this would be a HIPAA concern, so especially I w- with how people's data has been treated, like certainly just within the last th- three years or so. Oh yeah. Hmm. Let me Excuse see. me, I was, uh, I was hiccuping during that sentence. No, you're you're fine. Not all family tree DNA records are automatically shared with the FBI, or the FBI. Neither does the FBI have access to that database at all. They don't even have a contract with the bureau. That family tree DNA has agreed to work with the FBI. And test their samples in their labs and save them in their databases. Okay, so okay, it's... Okay, well, I mean, that doesn't exactly sound like what it sounds like they were doing. This sounds more like they're offshoring their lab work to a company. Which also still... Yeah, I'm also not... That I'm actually worse with. Yeah. Because if the government's not going to take it seriously, why would a private company do it? Yeah. Or, or yeah. even why are we offshoring government business to private companies i think that's really what makes me raise an eyebrow the most that yeah that, that's my concern is like what the fbi can't do their own gen- genetic testing like are you serious right now and it it still opens the door for further further things to 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 go through between these two entities like if if the fbi and family tree dna can work together in this way then what's stopping them from going, hey, Family Tree DNA, uh, you guys want to, like, maybe share databases? And sure, they can mail out 
a uh, a thing that that says, "Hey, would you like to opt in to this?" You know, if if later you're uh, you're a victim in a crime or something, then uh, this could keep you from being a, a John or Jane Doe. Then I could definitely see people signing up for that. But what they wouldn't tell you is that if you're later, you know, convicted of a crime, then you could be implicated because of this information. It's 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 a slippery slope fallacy, but it's still a to me a valid slippery slope to be worried about. Yeah. Absolutely, it seems like a legitimate concern. Uh, I just, I mean, I mean, there's so many more concerns that come up when you think about this. Like, what happens when they inevitably get targeted in a cyber attack and all of that data gets leaked? Yeah. Does the government just go, "Sorry, we wanted to save a buck," and I don't know, I don't know what happens in those situations because I don't think, I don't think any of the major DNA. Uh, consumer-focused DNA testing companies have been attacked in that way, or at least had data like that leaked. And I don't know what happens there. Because identity theft is one thing, but like that's the most pure form of identity theft I think that could possibly exist. Genetic identity theft, sure. Like You know what's going to happen, right, Aroa, is uh, our friends over in China and the, the Committee of Shitty, they're going to be stealing this and making really cheap you know, knock off clones of American citizens. Oh my god. You're right. They're gonna they're gonna do they're they're gonna take that uh that CRISPR doctor. Yeah. Uh that that uh you know they, they said that they stripped away all of his his medical everything, but in reality they just have him working in a in a black lab somewhere. And, sure, sure. And they're they're gonna they're gonna be handing him all this DNA stuff, and they're gonna be like, make a perfect human, but make make him make him fuck up ten percent of the time. <laughs> and with the American model, he can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, how do I? How do I try? American Lyft is an American <laughs> company. <laughs> Hold on, Lyft. 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 Did I miss the story? Oh, uh, you posted the the DNA test one twice in a row. You I blew did. it. We I we blew need it. to start over. Fuck. All right. Uh, hold on, let me. All right. What was the first joke? We, wow, that that opening. It sure sounds like the original. Uh, I know. Yeah, uh, Texas, China. Uh. Committee it, of shitty. Keep that in. Ching chong, bing bong. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so. Lyft has uh, has agreed to pay its drivers minimum wage in New York. Uh, They're going to do the bare minimum, you don't say. <laughs> Literally the bare minimum. I don't, don't understand why it's so difficult for these companies to just pay their fucking workers. Like, hey, maybe if you can't profit. pay your workers... You just shouldn't be a company. But we could pay the CEO. <laughs> really, anyone with a C in front of their name, which, you know, seeing as my name starts with a C, I'm set. Anyone else doesn't need to get paid, seriously. Is it that, that's, the, that's the policy in your America? Yeah, anyone with a C in front of their job title. And again, my name starts with C, so I'm set. That's how it works, right? Uh, I guess so. 
Yes, it does. Uh, so, um, apparently there was a new law introduced last year that stipulated uh, Lyft, Uber, and any other ride-sharing companies would have to pay its workers $15 per hour plus $2.22 to cover payroll taxes and time off. Uh, they were expected to raise driver pay by an average of $9,600 per year. Uh, it's a pretty significant amount. Yeah. And apparently, big shocker, Lyft, Uber, and it says other firms, but I don't know of any other ride-sharing companies. Uh, maybe there are more over in like the New York area. Uh, Lyft apparently told Engadget, where I where I lifted this story from. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, they they said the rules would incentivize shorter rides and discourage trips from boroughs outside of Manhattan. And I I love that response because it, that that's always what an evil company does. They go, oh well. If they introduce these rules, then we'll just have to work around them. And it's like, oh, okay. So what you're saying is, you you just don't want to pay your workers. That's yeah. That, that's all that is. They're trying to push the blame off onto the rule makers, when in reality, it's just that they don't want to sacrifice profits. Just disgusting. Um, another organization, the Independent Drivers Guild, said contract drivers in the city were earning just $11.90 per hour before the law went into effect. And I know with some people, they may be thinking, well, $11.90 an hour, that's not bad at all. That's that's way more than federal minimum wage. You gotta figure mm-hmm. this is fucking New York City. Right. Like, I've never been to New York, but I have been to Chicago, and I know that prices are inflated all to fuck up there. So I can only assume that New York City, which is probably way worse than Chicago when it comes to that shit, probably not a not a place that you want to be making less than ten dollars an hour. Yeah, New York City is a rough place for living, and eleven ninety—that's not going to cut it if that's your only job. Which, granted, for a lot of these people, it's not their only job, but that doesn't make it any better. Right, that's not okay. Uh, so, yeah, it it sucks because Lyft has often been the better company versus Uber in a lot of ways. Uh, they've historically paid their drivers more than Uber. They've been more active in supporting social justice events. Uh, they were giving, like, trans people free rides for a while and stuff like that. Uh, but it's all... Like something like this is all great to uh, remind you that no matter how much window dressing a company like Lyft may do, they're still an evil corporation at the end of the day. Right. Saying that you're going to pay your employees in one state the bare minimum does not a good company make. No. You have 49 more states where your people might not necessarily be making the minimum wage that's required for them to live. And that's shitty. Because if you're going to have a business... You're going to hire someone for that business. Take care of them. But, yeah, the argument for them is that we don't hire anybody. They're all independent contractors. This is just our way of getting around paying them fairly. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And frankly, is it time for guillotines? Some podcast people say yes. I uh, tend to tend to agree. Hey, because it's it's a very you know rational, very very legitimate response to corporate greed. Yeah, it, it, honestly, you know, uh, death to fascism. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of guillotines, you know, uh, you know, needs to get their head cut off. Is uh, people who uh, people who fuck kids. Yeah, that's also a uh, legitimate and uh, unover-exaggerated statement. <laughs> uh, so, some guy named Thomas Ch- Ch- Chong, Chung? Chung, whatever, uh, he worked at Hyra Studios, who makes Paladins. I like that that's the only thing that they reference, because no one cares about anything else Hyra has ever made. I barely care about Paladins. Yeah. Uh, he's also apparently a partnered Twitch streamer, which means a whole lot of jack shit nowadays. Uh, he was arrested last weekend, and by last weekend, I mean two weekends ago, because this was from last week, uh, in connection with a Super Bowl weekend child sex sting. Uh, (laughs) uh, police charged him with using a computer service quote, to seduce, solicit, lure, or entice a child, which is a felony in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would think it would be a felony in most places. Right, as it should be. Um, I'm not going to read through the entirety of this shit because it's uh, got a lot of various details in it that don't really matter. Um, yeah, we don't want to have to put a trigger warning on the podcast. <laughs> But essentially, uh, it was the the typical to catch a predator sort of thing where he was talking to some child online going, hey, kid, you want to drink some lemonade out of my dick? And uh, so now he's going to face a fine up to $25,000 and 20 years in prison. Uh, Hopefully it also means he's going to be a sex offender. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I imagine that gets you knocked on a list. I would, I would think so. I'd hope so. Uh, let's see, what, is, is anything else important here? Oh, he had thirty-four thousand followers on Twitch. Uh, I can imagine that that's not going to be a thing anymore. Um, He's probably going to lose his partnership. Oh yeah, which uh, is you know just what happens when you're a pederas. Yeah, which yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, Chunk's sponsor Steel Series dropped him as of last night. They announced on Twitter. Well, Can yeah, I his... just point out real quick? Um, we nabbed this story from Kotaku, and the photo that they used is a photo of, I assume, Thomas Chung in front of a Mickey Mouse Ferris wheel, which yeah. is really just not sending the right vibes. No, um, get that, that man out of Disneyland. That's kind of a kind of a, a classic thing with uh, with people who do terrible crimes. Is they put happy pictures of them up in news articles. Uh, maybe this is an intentional thing with Kotaku because they do tend to be uh, bigger on on the whole inclusivity thing. So, because uh, it's a problem uh, in mainstream news where they will post like a young young white guy uh, c- accused of raping a little girl, 
and they'll post a happy picture of him. But then if it's like young black guy accused uh, or uh, charged with with raping a little boy, and they'll post like an angry mugshot picture or something like that. So maybe that's this is the Kotaku person's attempt at uh, going against the grain in that way and posting a happy picture in spite of the fact that he's been convicted of doing such a terrible thing. Because he's They're really minority. doing the the opposite of the Brock Turner effect. Yeah, you know, get a get a scumbag piece of shit like Brock Turner, and you get some nice photos posted of him. Not Kotaku; they have integrity. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know who doesn't have integrity? It's electronic is it, uh, Arts. Is it EA? Yeah, fuck EA. Electronic Arts EA. Uh, they're such a bad company that uh, t- the Titanfall devs. Respawn, uh, they they don't want to have anything to do with them, in spite of the fact that EA published their hit game Apex Legends. Uh, in fact, EA went so far as to not even announce Apex Legends prior to releasing the game, because Respawn essentially told them that they're bad for business. Uh, I haven't read through this particular article, but I've read through a lot of other people's and and listened to a lot of talk. Uh, essentially, Respawn has the balls to tell EA that they are a plague on marketing. Uh, people will intentionally avoid games and will get freaked out about a game just because it's being published by EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apex Legends is is a free-to-play Battle Royale game that has loot boxes. And if you had heard that EA was publishing a Battle Royale game with loot boxes that was free-to-play, you'd probably go, Oh, great, cool, yet another one. I'm so excited. Great job, EA. But instead what happened was this game just kind of fell out of nowhere and everyone went, Wow, it's actually kind of fun. So I just, uh, I I brought up this article because I think it's interesting that basically EA is having to accept that them putting their names on things, their their, their name on things, is is bad news. And Respawn has forced them to understand that fact. Uh, I'm trying to get my my history of video game companies ahead of me. Respawn, I know them as the creators of Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Weren't they originally a bunch of people who were around because, like, I think it was Call of Duty, like Treyarch or Infinity Ward or something like that went under after EA went and dabbled in their shenanigans? They were uh, X-Infinity Ward, if I remember correctly. That sounds right to me. Uh, I think it it was something with Activision was screwing over a bunch of their employees uh it was it was a really crazy event i remember because people were basically walking out left and right mm-hmm. and they they left and formed their own studio which for the original titanfall if i remember correctly they partnered with ea to publish it and then ea purchased them before the release of titanfall 2 but Maybe they evidently that. have enough push to be able to tell EA to not market their game because EA 
is basically a stamp of disapproval for most gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason I brought that up is a company like Respawn, they're going to be around enough, they're going to be experienced enough to know when a company is going to drag them through the mud, just as it is with Activision, just like, honestly, I think it is with EA. Worst part about Titanfall is you need to launch it through Origin. Yeah. And then the same with uh, with Apex. I think mm-hmm. if uh, if if you didn't have even that, like people probably wouldn't have any idea that EA even published it, right. or or at least they wouldn't be paying any attention to the fact. I bet there are a lot of players on consoles that don't have any idea that EA published it. They just think that it's some crazy awesome battle royale game that came out of nowhere. And I, I just. I don't know, I, th- I think that's that's an interesting sign that maybe the whole we should try to break up these big publishers thing, maybe that has a point. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe the whole publisher thing needs to stop being a thing, uh, especially yeah. with the, the recent news that uh, you know, Bungie's leaving Activision. They're going to be self-publishing Destiny. It's, uh, I, I genuinely think that they could keep a similar business model with destiny going and people would be more likely to play the game because Activision's not associated with it. And sure. I think the same thing is here. They, they mention it in this article that, uh, the command and conquer rivals game, uh, was made fun of to no end. Uh, but it actually is getting pretty good reviews. People like it, but, the fact that it's associated with EA and free to play in a mobile game, everyone, everyone, you know, the vocal gaming public hates it. So it, it definitely EA has, uh, has fucked themselves over, uh, over and over again. And maybe this is a sign that, uh, that they need to duck out and just kind of let their, let their developers do whatever they want to do. That'd be a good step in the right direction. I mean, how many times does a company need to win Worst Company of the Year before something happens within that company? Right. And that's... That, that is the, the craziest thing, that they, they won Worst Company two years in a row. That's Worst Company ever, by the way. Like, like Worst Company in the world. Not, mm-hmm. uh, not just gaming company. Uh, I just... I mean, they're not getting better. Look at Apex. Uh, look at Apex Eleven. It's words are hard, man. Look at Apex Legends for a start. It's a game that's free to play with microtransactions on randomly generated loot boxes. If your business model involves people not knowing what they're getting when they put money into this machine, it's a shitty business model. Dare I say it's predatory? Oh, it definitely is. And that, I, I do want to say that I'm I'm not advocating for playing Apex Legends. Uh, on on that on that fact that they have the loot box thing uh and they don't post they i i well they do post the odds they do at least do that um that doesn't not make it gambling no i don't i still don't like the whole loot box thing i think it's uh what what do you what do you call it not excessive but and not predatory uh it's just that they're they're getting more money for the sake of getting more money and they're not really doing anything with it. Because, uh, like, Sony... Sony is a is a publisher that will put out games that 
don't make any sense for for a big company to put out. Uh, they will fund essentially glorified art projects as games, mm-hmm. and they they do that because they make so fucking much money that they can afford to have a couple of failures. And it, it makes me think that they actually care about the art of video games, at least to some capacity. Electronic Arts and Activision both just seem like the the typical corporate conglomerate. They're, they're just looking to make money for the sake of making money. And it's, uh, it's disgusting. I mean, it's also these video game studios being run like businesses and then in turn starting to fail like businesses. These weren't problems that we had in the video game industry, you know, in the early thousands. What the hell's no. happening? And it, it, what's happening, I think, is just that that people got into power in these in these major publishers, and the people in power realized, wait, we could just make money, and that's what they focused on. Instead of making good games, they focused on making money. We don't I, need to make fun games. We don't even need to make finished games. Yeah, we'll buy it. And even even Ubisoft, they do seem to have more of a priority on making a decent game than just purely making money. Not not always, but at least to some degree, they they have some desire to put out something unique. Unlike Assassin's Creed Three Remastered, which is a remake of a game that I didn't think anyone liked. Apparently, you do though. I fucking love Assassin's Creed 3, dude. That... And it's not just because the protagonist's name is Connor. I've, I've been called on that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently they're they're going to release Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered on Xbone, PS4, and PC on March 29th. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll play it for the first time. I probably won't. I, I definitely think it's worth playing. Uh, the last time that I played it, I had a game-breaking bug, which kind of disappointed me from thinking I would play it again. But hopefully, a game-breaking bug wouldn't still be existing in a remaster. Plus, the article doesn't say it, but I blink. I, I think I saw that this is coming out on Switch, too. So, honestly, I might actually pick that up for a mobile console. Hmm. That, uh, that would definitely make it more appealing. Like, I know this Engadget article specifically says that there's been no mention of a Nintendo Switch version for the time being, but, like, I'm 99% sure that I saw that it is coming to the Switch. Well, this was back in February 6th, so a lot a lot can happen in 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and it will include the uh, Tyranny of King Washington uh, DLC, wherein apparently George Washington becomes a dictator. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there is also the Assassin's Creed Liberation uh, game content, which is like its own standalone game that was made for, I don't remember who it was, the Vita or the PSP. I never actually played it, but it's A, getting a remastered touch-up, and B, I'm pretty sure it's just a part of the collection. Oh, that was the that was the Vita game where you played as a girl. Yeah, you and had one of those Davy Crockett hats. And everybody was like, well, he made a girl with that. And one of the artists was like, yes, we reused all the animations from the base game, and she looks terrible. So, that's uh, probably the least female animation. Strong, strong lady lead. Right. You know what's not a 10 out of 10? Is 
EA blaming its partially weak Battlefield 5 sales and then focusing on a single-player story mode instead of strong Battle Royale components. Well, yeah, I was just going to say Battlefield 5 in general, but yeah, that too. Uh, so EA blames weak Battlefield 5 sales on their campaign, uh, on, on making a campaign instead of Battle Royale mode. Weak sales being 7.3 million which is 1 million below expectations. So mm, shut the fuck up. That's a lot of sales. <laughs> so, uh this article doesn't mention it. Uh because why would it? But whenever I read this, my immediate thought was this has happened before, specifically with EA. Uh Dead Space, that franchise. Uh the the pump and run the EA turned it into so the I believe the third game they said they wanted it to sell something like 10 million units which I can't imagine it did that it was uh, a terrible game it was literally impossible for it to do that like like if it, you have to imagine here they were expecting Battlefield 5 to sell over 8 million units and they mm -hmm. wanted Dead Space 3 to sell 10 plus million units? That wasn't going to happen. The... Someone didn't have the heart to tell the technical director on the job at that time that it was a really fucking shitty game. Well, I think what it was, was that EA wanted to shutter the franchise, at least for the time being. They wanted, they wanted to shelf it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening here, is that somebody within EA is like, I think it's time to take a break on Battlefield. But oh. we have we have to have a good reason for it. So let's set a lofty uh, sales projection goal and make sure that it doesn't meet that goal or that it's not going to meet that goal. And we'll say that that it's because we fuck something up or whatever, and then we can stop working on Battlefield for a while because we're just losing money on it. Sure, find a way to insist on calling it a failure. Yeah. And uh, I... I don't know for sure that that's what's going on, but it sure does seem like the exact same situation that happened with Dead Space 3. So, we'll we'll see if uh if another Battlefield game comes out next year, but I don't see it happening. Um, I feel like we would have heard something by now if they were going to do that. Now, do I think that they're going to be shelving the series? Mm, not necessarily, but I I'd say that there's probably no harm in giving it at least a year. I think it would be better if they tried to focus on the games as a service functionality of it. Um, just let Battlefield Five sit as as the Battlefield game for a year or two, and let it let them build the features that should have been in the fucking game in the first place, and see what happens. By that mean you mean good netcode, right? That too. Yeah. Put, in, that. put another lap track right there. <laughs> uh but yeah if if they if they don't do that and if they try to like if, if they if they try to sell another battlefield game next year i don't know or well i guess this year i don't know what's gonna happen with that i uh yeah feel like if they couldn't meet sales expectations this time whenever battlefield 5 was in my opinion the the best battlefield in quite some time then I 
Yeah, I don't know how they're going to meet any kind of goals the next time around. By just re-releasing 4 and making it better? <laughs> Battlefield 4 was great, man. I think they, they just need to make uh, Battlefield 2144. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I mean, That's it, too good. It's too good of an idea. You know, Cyberpunk is... Uh, Cyberpunk it's 2077, that, that, that's gotten everybody hyped for Cyberpunk stuff. you got to ride those coattails. you got to get your neon. You have to have the Unreal Engine making those bloom effects. Yeah. you gotta you got to move with the times. And it's not just because I want you to. Don't get me wrong. I really want you to do that. But it, it, it's also just because that's... Everyone, everyone likes future stuff now. Get with it. Eh, give it another five years, we'll be back on Zombies and Cowboys. Yeah, Red Dead showed that we still like Cowboys. We're just future zombie Cowboys. That's it. I'm still waiting out for my open world Kronkropulus Michael MMO. Wait, what? An open world fuck. Open world Kronkropulus Michael MMO. You walk around like you can wrap you this Michael from, uh, fuck, what is it, uh, Brick and Morty. And you, you go around and you Sam Fisher in a, in a cyberpunk shadow around 2077 kind of world. And it's fantastic. I, I know I've talked to you about this before. Maybe, maybe definitely Nathan. I, th- I think this, is, this has been something you've discussed with Nathan. So I probably sound a little crazy to you right now. Yeah. But don't you think a, uh, a futuristic sci-fi and populous Michael MMO video game would be the shit. I'm not sure how that would play out. Amazingly, it'd be like if Hitman, but what's within the future? All right, future Hitman, I can I can get with it. We should uh, we should just stop. This isn't this isn't going well. Uh, hey, you know what's not going well? Is it GameStop Stim Future? <laughs> yeah, GameStop's fucked. Uh, Game. They they can't even sell themselves. But a, a row of why didn't they offer a, uh, a, a a shitty magazine bundle that nobody's gonna read? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why the buyout talks didn't work out. <laughs> they went all right. <laughs> you can buy us, but would you also like a subscription to Game Informer? And every buyer in the room just walked out because they. They, that that's just what happens. You gotta stop pushing it. No one reads magazines anymore. GameStop, what are you doing? Okay, the real problem is nobody buys physical video games anymore. GameStop, what are you doing? Yeah, that's uh, well, and that's kind of the weird thing. So, uh, starting off with with the article itself, uh, GameStop is really struggling. Um, they they tried to sell themselves and it just didn't work out. Uh, they sold off, apparently they owned a bunch of mobile stores called Spring Mobile AT&T. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, for a while you can get cell phones out of GameStop. I remember when they were first starting to do that. Yeah, I knew that was a thing. I just didn't know it was called Spring Mobile. Like, I had no idea that that was a thing. Uh, apparently they sold off a bunch of other weird little uh, businesses that they had. I don't no, I kind of remember them being big in like the Mad Cats business too, like in the Rock Band controller kind of shit. And that they have a big slice of that pie. 
they they very well may have i think they've i think they've they've had their hands in so many different places it's hard to see where they haven't uh so they they put out an earnings report in november that said accessory sales were up by 32.6%, collectible sales were up 11.7%, and digital revenue was up 29.5%. And that sounds great, except that's less than one-fifth of GameStop's total revenue. Um, most of those gains are just tied to selling Fortnite merchandise and, like, V-Bucks cards and shit like that. Uh, they're just, they're, they're trying, they're trying to, to stick around, but as you said, physical game sales are down. Uh, they seem to keep going down. Um, I did read a thing where apparently their, their physical sales went up like 1.7%, which isn't a loss, but. But it's not much of an increase. Not when, not, not when everything else listed on here is in the double digits of growth. Yeah, and and that other stuff doesn't account for jack shit in terms of their overall their overall revenue. I I think over fifty percent of it comes from physical sales, which mm-hmm. is just depressing. Uh, they've they've not adapted with the times, and I I think that's that's going to mean the end of them inevitably. I don't really even know what GameStop could do to fix that because they've they've tried to they basically look like uh they look like uh uh like a what's the uh one of those one of those places in the mall that uh, Spencers they they kind of look like a All video right. game Spencers in some ways yeah yeah that's fair I hear that and the the I just the problem is everything that you can buy at GameStop you can buy on Amazon. Sure, including some of it you can buy games. It. Right, some of these you can go down to you know Walmart and they got a video game selection that's maybe not as intimidating, but you'll get the shit that you want. Exactly. And right. if not, like you said, get it off Amazon, get it off eBay. Because it's it's not in any game company's best interest to have anything exclusive to games other than maybe like a pre-order incentive that and, and you and, really got to get that skin and five exclusive missions and that doesn't even happen all that much anymore at least not to my knowledge i don't really know because i don't pay attention to gamestop yeah, nowadays don't. you just get a shitty mesh bag yeah you, you pre you pre-order a game direct from the company and then you you get your uh you get your your shitty little bag that that cost all 10 cents to produce instead of the nice canvas one you were supposed to get and your awful plastic helmet was it awful i think i recall people saying they were pretty disappointed with the quality that's unfortunate i mean i think these are also people who were thinking they'd be able to put on like a helmet and that's not what they were getting but i believe it's something like that you put in your room it just wasn't like worth showing off and that's just kind of a bummer for a a company like Bethesda, b any sort of pre-order incentive, which yeah. sort of gets us back on the topic. Do we really need physical stores for these sort of things anymore? And it, the obvious answer is no. Like, mm-hmm. We we have Amazon, and like it or not, Amazon owns the retail business at this point. 
you still get shit at release time and if if you want to pre-order a game and get it at midnight you can do that at walmart and like that's <laughs> it's really unfortunate but i feel like whenever walmart is beating you out on your your niche market then you have you've completely fucked up and i don't know i don't know how you come back from that you don't you you've just fucked up i feel really bad because i know somebody personally who's a manager at a gamestop and i don't know what he's planning on doing once gamestop inevitably dies hopefully making a lot in uh in liquidation sales because I, I I knew people uh, who still worked at Radio Shack whenever that all died out, mm-hmm. and like they didn't get anything special from Radio Shack. They no. they got yeah, they don't a, give a fuck. no, they got a week's worth of pay while they sold off at literally everything left in the store. And I picked that, up a few uh, breadboards and shit when they were going out. I remember that. It was kind of sad. I really wanted to buy one of the uh, the parts drawers, but I just didn't have anything to haul it home in. But, uh... Does does that ever make you upset when you can't find something to haul all your stuff in? Does it ever make you angry? Uh, it kind of makes me aggressive. Kind of yeah. makes me want to want to break things with my face. <laughs> with your face? Just, just right in half? Yeah. Well, there's good news, Aroa, and that's that a new study shows that there's no link between violent video games and aggression in <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> so, um... If you think that that anger that you feel is because of the video games that you play, science is backing. That's actually a crack of horseshit. Just Which, like so many studies have already said before this. Yeah, I don't know how many times we have to study the same goddamn thing just to get the same result. But hey, here we are. Uh, guess what? Video games don't make you want to kill things. It's just that you're an angry person. Right. Uh, there, there's got to be more to looking around and saying why is there a mental health crisis going on right now why is there um according to this article angry teenagers and then just looking at exactly what the angry teenagers are doing that's the problem no couldn't couldn't possibly be just that angry teenagers are drawn towards things that let them exhume their their aggression onto something else sure also can it be that Video games are fun. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that whole aspect that people who don't have angry or violent tendencies also enjoy video games because video game good. But hey, here, here we go. We're we're studying 2008 subjects. Uh, British kids, 14, 15 years old, and an equal number of parents or errors. Yes. All right. Very good, Aroa. It's like, is that is like, that a typo or? It's, it's like legal guardian. Like it, the, yeah. The, the ward, the person who they are in charge of. A weird word for that, but okay. Uh, but yeah, turns out, yeah, video games themselves don't do anything. However, uh, trash talking online and other such behavior may warrant further study. So. It could just be that the social interaction involved in such things uh, draws out more aggression, which I still think comes down to maybe it's just that kids are angry. They have a lot of emotions. 
do you want to let me just step in and tell you what you're going to find if you study that a little further you're not going to find that video games make kids angry you're going to find that angry kids are playing video games yeah pretty much like if somebody's in a th- then I'd, I'd still play like overwatch and have people doing stuff that makes me just kind of be disappointed in them and that's when you know it's just some shitty kid yeah, can't be affected by it it's not the video game making them do that it's just a shitty kid and a lot of that uh comes back to something that moot the creator of 4chan uh christopher pool yeah uh a lot of what he used to talk about was the power of anonymity and video games give you a very big level of anonymity you you're just hiding behind a username and you can yell at somebody from across the country and call them a big stupid faggot and uh they can't do anything about it besides yell back at you or block you and it, it's the same phenomenon that happens in online forums and everywhere else that's it's not because of the video game it's i think if anything it's because there are no consequences for your actions whenever you're yelling at somebody online. Mm-hmm. And it just gives them an outlet for that. I'm going to make it so if you're playing a video game and somebody teabags me, the video game gets up and sucker punches the person playing it. Because we got to hold them accountable. Well, and that's, um, you know, if you, if, you play, if you play Rocket League at all, uh, if, if you're mean to somebody... Like, excessively, you do get banned in that game. Good. And that, that happens in uh, that happens in uh, WoW and in Overwatch as well. Uh, I've, I've gotten notifications that people I've reported on Overwatch have gotten banned before. It's a good feeling to know that they're looking at the community. Yeah. And some of those people who are looking at the community might be getting fired. Because Activision is laying off about 800 people. Didn't and they just give their CEO, like, a big-ass bonus? Oh, yeah, they did. That's not right. The company made $7.5 billion last year, which is up from $7 billion in 2017. No, uh, Chief, Chief Executive stupid. Bobby Kotick said the results were the best in our history, but it did not, quote, realize our full potential. In other words, Bobby Kotick is a fucking piece of shit. Right, and if reaching your full potential means laying off a, a massive fraction of your staff, fuck you. Fuck uh, you, Bobby. Apparently, I, I didn't know this. Uh, did you know Activision owns Candy Crush? No, I didn't. I had no idea. I thought that King was still their own thing, but apparently Activision Blizzard owns King, which is the makers of Candy Crush. Anyway... Right. Uh, Does that mean that it was Activision Blizzard who was suing them when it was uh, Banner Saga was releasing? If so, fuck Blizzard Activision. Yeah, that that might actually be the case. Wow, fuck them, really. Uh, so of the ninety six hundred employees at Activision Blizzard, eight percent of them will be laid off. Uh, I feel like uh, I wouldn't be doing my job as. Reading liaison if I wasn't saying that it's terrible whenever anybody in the video game or the journalism or the media industry gets laid off because that means somebody doesn't have a job to go to anymore like somebody who's probably not affiliated with the major decisions of the company is affected because of these decisions and that sucks 
and they're not even really being fully forward with uh with who is losing their job at least not with outside groups um because they stated that the job losses would mostly not affect game development it would mostly be esports businesses but uh they're totally closing down one of the king studios uh z2 live in seattle with uh, the loss of 78 jobs uh i guess i guess they're just not going to focus on whatever that studio was doing in terms of mobile games so did they have an exit strategy in mind or are these people just fucked uh to so from what i've heard from insider sources and by that i mean secondhand from other people who have insider sources uh it's mostly what usually happens in game studios whenever people get laid off. Uh, they put them in talks with other groups that can get them assigned to some other company or what have you. They, they, they try to get them restaffed somewhere, at least. They, they don't leave them high and dry. But I think that's mainly just to avoid like having to pay unemployment and whatnot. It, uh, it's often cheaper to try to get you in a contract position or something like that than it is to pay for somebody who isn't working for you anymore. Uh, a lot of the rules that were cut uh, appear to be in regard to esports businesses, which is not all that surprising considering I don't think that Overwatch esports is really all that big anymore, and Activision doesn't really run any of the Hearthstone esports stuff most of that is through uh, third-party groups doing all that i have a uh, i have a quick question on that subject is starcraft 2 still fucking huge in korea uh i know starcraft 2 is still a thing um like like in terms of of people playing it professionally sure but, but it it's definitely not as big as it used to be uh, as far as Korea in particular, I really don't know, but I feel like it's kind of dulled down over there and been replaced by, like, MOBAs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just wonder, maybe this is a marketing issue. Like, could just be that the esports aren't as popular in the United States. I think that's partially a thing, and I think it's it's also just that the way that the gaming marketplace tends to work is much faster than what the traditional esports concept can really can really work with. Uh Hearthstone is definitely an outlier in that, but I think it benefits from the fact that there are so many different groups doing Hearthstone tournaments and whatnot. I, I don't think you can have like one company, even the publisher of the game, doing all the esports stuff. I just don't think that it's necessarily sustainable. I don't necessarily think that should be the way that you're doing it either, but I won't deny that Blizzard Activision is a powerhouse in that market. And they they did do something really interesting with the Overwatch League thing, and they are still doing it this year. They're just doing it with with fewer people, and maybe that's also just a scaling thing. That maybe they they needed all those people initially to get everything set up uh, over the the last year or two. And now this year, now that everything's launched, they've gone, well, we don't need them anymore. And they've just cut them because that, that's something that has happened in game development for decades 
you you scale up whenever you're building everything out and then once the product releases you scale back down and Mm -hmm. that often involves cutting a lot of jobs yeah i just it sucks i wish that there was a way that you could make the market more sustainable so that you didn't need to do that with the release of your products or not products but projects ironically enough um that's supposedly actually how uh how apex legends came about was uh the team the the b team for titanfall was working on a battle royale game mode for titanfall 2 and it ended up becoming complex enough where they just turned it into its own thing but yeah it, it, it was basically a team of people who their main jobs were done and they were just supposed to make auxiliary content just to keep busy in the meantime so they didn't have to cut the jobs so sort of like uh the multiplayer of golden eye story started off as a little side feature and it ended up being worth its own golden egg yeah and and i i tend to wonder why more companies don't do that sort of thing like google has that thing where uh i think it's like once a year you just get to work on whatever the hell you want like oh i I think it's more than once a year it's like it's recommended like an hour of your weekly shift or something like that is dedicated to personal products oh okay but yeah working working at google must be awesome if you're not a contractor yeah but i i do tend to wonder like like would would the overall employment space be better if companies maybe tried to uh not focus on the bottom line so much it would just take a little bit of a hit in terms of overall profits and kept some of these people on and let them maybe present some of their ideas. I don't know. Uh, certainly it would go somewhere. Some, I mean, we were just talking about it. Some of the best ideas in gaming can come from exploratory ideas that they realized they had something and they grew with it. What, what would a good term for that be? Research and development? Yeah, probably. If you just put put some of the dev people into R&D roles uh, during the off-season. Anything or, like that. Or at the very least, don't budget it out so you need to lay them off once you're done with it. Right. Well, Bastards. Yeah, it all just comes down to capitalism is evil. But hey, uh, capitalism isn't evil when it comes to buying new games, which there are a bunch of new games that were announced at Nintendo's Nintendo Direct on February 13th. They're remaking Link's Awakening for some reason. I'm not upset about it. Did you know that that was the longest time in between Directs since they started doing these? Was between the last one and this one? I didn't even notice. Because apparently some people were freaking the fuck out about it online. Relax. It'll happen when it happens, people. Yeah, for real. They don't have to announce a new thing every fucking month. Jesus. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're remaking Link's Awakening, and I'm I'm okay with that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing by any means. It's just like, uh, it's kind of weird. They showed the Chain Chomp in the trailer, so they know what they're doing. It's Nintendo, of course, <laughs> they know what they're doing. Sure. Well, it's a, it's a shot-for-shot remake of the original trailer. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, actually in this article that you posted, the video that they have is the comparison video, but I noticed that right away. Um, Link's Awakening was actually the first video game I ever like owned and played of my own volition. Oh, that's um, cool. 
one of, one of my birthdays, whenever I got my Game Boy, I got Super Mario World 2, which is like Legend of the Seven Coins or something like that. It's one with Mario as a boss and Link's Awakening. And I played the fuck out of Link's Awakening, like until those batteries died and then until the replacement batteries we already had died pretty much in one straight shot. That game blew my mind. And for that reason alone, I'm going to buy it. I just hope I'm not paying 60 bucks when I do it. I hope it'll be 40. Mm, I would even say 30. I, I bet I bet it'll be if if it's if it's discounted at all. I mean if that's the case maybe I'll just wait for a sale and it's a Nintendo product so it'll never go on sale. I I mean I don't know. They they have put stuff on sale since the release of the Switch. I think they've they've in in regular Nintendo fashion um like almost five years or so after Sony figured it out, uh, Nintendo figured out, hey, maybe we should copy off Steam and do uh, big sales on all our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, most of the games, at least the, the, on the Switch that I wouldn't normally get, I get them because they're on sale, and I'm typically not disappointed at my purchases. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo just keeps doing good things with the Switch. Like Super Mario Maker uh, 2. That's going to be yeah. good. I'm hella excited. Um, a lot of people were saying that Mario Maker coming to, coming to the Switch was inevitable, especially because it's like one of the only Wii U games that hasn't been ported to the Switch already. Um, just the fact that they're introducing slopes, which is what they come kicking out the door with introducing, um, that they, they, they thought about the game, they thought about what they needed to have introduced into it, and I have a feeling it's going to be amazing. Yeah, uh, the UI looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. And They got like the circle inventory select system that kind of reminds me of uh if, if you've played fallout 4 on vr it kind of reminds me of that inventory system yeah it should make selecting things really natural i think the overall the overall process is really putting it to where uh they'll they'll have a legitimate little big planet competitor someday that'd be all right they, they're really streamlining the the mario making process they they, they showed off like they're they're like multi-shot fireballs and and shit like that like it could be pretty cool yeah i have a feeling i'm gonna sink a lot of time into this game i'll probably do most of that just playing other people's levels but hey you know what i'm not gonna play is fire emblem three houses this is a game i'm probably gonna get because one of my friends is getting a switch specifically so he can get this and I love tactic games. I just don't particularly like Fire Emblem. That's mostly mostly because Fire Emblem's bad for my health. Like I'll I I just and maybe this is just a personal issue. I have bad reactions to Fire Emblem where I just I can't spend two hours getting one fight perfect, so I'm not losing anybody. Oh, and that's yeah. what I end up doing when I play Fire Emblem games. I have the same problem in XCOM. Yeah, XCOM. I mean. XCOM, I'm a little bit more liberal with losing my guys. Something about Fire Emblem, it just it's, every yeah, loss, personality and stuff. Yeah, it's it's like you're losing out in the story. Uh, I'm assuming that they're just not going to have a, a poke feature in this one. <laughs> I I mean, I kind of hope so, but maybe they probably learned their lesson. And as long as it's not present in either one, that's fine. But if it's present in one, I want it in the other. At least, yeah, uh, 
at least the Switch is region free, so you can still play it, play the Japanese version if you really want to. Mm-hmm. It's, I, uh, it's a game that I'm gonna get, but I'm not necessarily looking forward to getting. Do you know? Um, I I don't remember them showing one or the, one way or the other. It's not gonna be three games again, is it? Mm, I don't think so. Um, the game is that. called Three Houses, but I don't believe that means it's gonna be three installations. I think it's just those three stories coming together to one story. Yeah, is that that was the worst part of the of that last 3DS one to me. Sure. Just, I mean, you had to buy like, three separate games to get the full experience. It's like back in the day, I barely tolerated that bullshit with like Pokemon and the Mega Man Battle Network games. I don't think it's a practice that should still happen, save for maybe those specific examples. Like, uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. Right. And even then, I grip my teeth a little bit, but I get what they're doing. They're encouraging going out and finding people who have the other one. That's different. With Fire Emblem, you're playing all three stories. You're the yeah. one who has to go through that bullshit three times in a row. Right. Because uh, it's not remaking Pokemon Yellow. Like, the Pokemon Let's Go games. I didn't know that, by the way. That they were just glorified remakes? They, yeah. I hadn't, if they would have marketed them that way, I think they would have sold more copies. But uh, When I recommended it to people, I was telling them that if... If you like Pokemon Yellow, it's good for nostalgia. And the parts that aren't good for nostalgia are what make the game bad. Uh, I think what makes it bad is that it's a Pokemon game, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> that's a hot take. Hot take. Uh, you know it's hot? Smash Brothers. You know it's not? Giving them, like, screen time to say an update is coming, and then not <laughs> saying anything about that fucking update. I know. All they do is just go, ah, uh, Joker's going to be out in the time period that we already said like three times that he's going to be out, and there are going to be new Amiibo. Uh, hey, hey, Nintendo, no fucking shit, we already know. <laughs> I I am excited that they are making more Amiibo because there's they, it means that they're inevitably, inevitably going to release a Joker Amiibo. Hopefully, yeah. And that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Change the uh, persona, sure. And there, there'll be a, uh, there'll be a King K. Rule amiibo, which uh, I am a K. Rule main now, so I'm excited about that. After Sharon and HR kicked your ass as, uh, as Kirby, you, you don't fuck around anymore. Uh, actually, you know, the funny thing is that every fight that I had one v one was against a Kirby. Like there were oh, so I know. many this, Kirby. This players. is based off real life, Aroa. Why? Why do so many people play Kirby? I don't understand. I love uh, Kirby. That and he's kind of the main character of Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, it's just just it's the one you start off with, anyways. Yeah, because he's the fastest person in the world. He's faster he's than Sonic. He's uh, is he? Yeah. He really? uh, Kirby outran the the light laser shit, and Sonic didn't. Oh, in the the opening video, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Canonically, Kirby is faster than than Sonic. Well, hold on. Let's think about this. Maybe Sonic had just recently finished eating a chili dog, and he had a cr- <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. I can't tell the story if I laugh. And he started running, and he got a cramp. Kirby, he could eat whatever he wants. He doesn't get no cramps. 
eats for days, runs for hours. Whoa, See, my ankle hurts. Ugh. I don't think I can run at my full speed. Uh-oh, big laser! And uh, that's, that's what happened. They just didn't show the, the voiceover. Uh, hey, you know what's a Sonic game? Except not really. Knuckles Chaotix? Where, yeah. where does that come from? Because there's a new game uh, revealed called Astral Chain that's like a weird thing where if somebody took Knuckles Chaotix and turned it into a like 3D brawler. Is this like one of the things that they talked about? I, I lost you, man. Yeah, so uh, you're basically, you're playing as a character who is attached by some kind of weird cyber chain to another person and you like throw the other person around and they swing around on the cyber chain. Yeah. That sounds fun. If it's co-op terrible, if not. And that's the thing. I don't know if it's actually going to be co-op or not, but, uh, it, it looks like it would greatly benefit from such a thing. It looks like it plays kind of like Bayonetta, uh, because it is from platinum. So of course it plays like Bayonetta. So it's terrible, you're saying. Get out get out of my house. <laughs> uh it just I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get past me comparing it constantly to Knuckles Chaotix. Or or Sonic Crackers, as it was originally called. It's it's just a a strange game mechanic, and sometimes game uh, strange game mechanics don't necessarily mean good game mechanics. Yeah. And it'll just come down to seeing like how it actually works out. That that character looks like a Metal Gear. That's weird. Sure. Anyway, how uh, how how aware of how in on the joke is the game that it's being compared to Knuckles Chaotic? That'll uh, determine how fun it is. Yeah, I don't. I I doubt that anybody else in the entire world made that comparison. Whenever they saw it, uh, I think everybody else probably went, "Wow." What a weird, unique game mechanic that's never been done before. Not a Roa, though. Not not a superior gentleman like yourself. Not me. I am aware of such games as Knuckles Chaotix. I had a 32X. Nice. Uh, so they also revealed Tetris Battle Royale. Yeah, I've, I've seen my brother playing that uh, whenever I see him online on the Switch. And I just think that Tetris is one of those things that doesn't need to be a MOBA. I I played uh, like three rounds of it. Um, I made it to ninth place in the third round. And then I was like, well, that was fun. I'll probably not touch this again. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty cool, though. Like, uh, th- there is a small degree of strategy to it, but it's overall just basically Tetris versus 100 other people. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's cool. And the fact that it's free is really nice. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's Tetris. It's not like you can get that wrong. Right. And I didn't uh, didn't really didn't really care about this part. Didn't really pay attention. Apparently Captain Code Captain Code Captain Toad Treasure Tracker uh, they're going to have co-op Mm-hmm. Like it's just gonna be a free co-op update, whatever. 
some of it's replacing some of the maps, but I think they're planning on having a DLC that's coming out that adds like a full standalone co-op experience to the game. That's nifty, I suppose. I don't really care about Captain Toad, so me neither. You know, woohoo. Uh, I oh yeah. Think it's cool. I think it's really cool that they're uh, supporting things that have already been released. Like, yeah. Yes, they're doing it for the sake of getting DLC pushed out and to get more sales, but they're doing it. Yeah, and it's and it's a free update. I think that's mm-hmm. the most uh, important thing. Um, they also launched demos for Final Fantasy Nine. Which, all right, sure. Uh, I don't think it was a demo. I think they just released Final Fantasy IX. Oh, was it? Oh, they did. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they just put it on the same line. as it. You can see how little I give a shit about Final Fantasy IX. Um, sure, sure. They had they... demos for uh, Demon X Machina, which I played, and it was kind of disorienting. Oh, that's like, unfortunate. I I, the, the, the UI needs work. I was really excited about that. I'm I am too, and I hope that it's still good. But I I wish there was more time while I was playing that where I wasn't saying to myself, "What the fuck am I doing?" Ugh, that sucks. Uh, which is the opposite of the problem I had with the demo for Yoshi's Crafted World, which is that the game's too easy. Well, yeah, it's part of the part of the the craft. Yeah, I get. Epic I get. It. I'm not the thing. not the target demographic. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. I don't, I don't know how those games are still being made, but, like, I'm not complaining so much as just, like, just make... Can you can you just re-release Yoshi's Story, please? <laughs> they they have more games they need to re-release before they hit Yoshi's Story. Do they, though? Yeah. Do they? Uh, the Hellblade... Sinua's Sacrifice is coming up. <laughs> uh, I might coming finally up. play it. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean... I could just buy that on PC for like 20 bucks or something. If I really wanted to play it. Like, uh, it looks pretty, but... It doesn't look that good. Oh, it's not It's not the graphics that's the appeal. What, what's the appeal? Is this one of those like super cinematic stories? Uh... From my understanding, oh, yeah, like BAFTA's performance and shit. Yeah, it's it's like one of the most accurate portrayals of psychosis in video games. Uh, well, that's actually kind of cool. I think I think you're right. go ahead and finish what you're saying, but I think you're right. I think PC is probably the way to experience a game like that. Yeah, it like I was just meaning that like it, it's it, your character is is unabashedly insane. Uh, and the game is mainly about, like, trying to deal with that and coming to terms with loss and stuff. Like, it's it's very much story-focused, and, like, the, the graphics and whatnot are an important aspect of that, and I do tend to wonder if some of the, some of the value of what you'd be looking at would be lost if the game was running at 30 frames per second at 720p. Yeah. But... if if the port's done well then whatever fair enough but i i do think that it would be better to play that on pc with headphones on and just just do it because from everything i've heard it's uh it's a really fantastic experience uh there's also a vr um mod or or add-on for it or something 
that might be official. I, I'm not 100%. Uh, that... So if you want that same powerful story as if it was being told by somebody watching it through a screen door, you have the power to do that. <laughs> uh, I think that would, that would possibly be interesting. And there's uh, here's where you heard about Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered coming to Switch. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dead by Daylight, for some reason, coming to Switch. It's uh, I hope that it comes with all the DLC that actually makes it like a game worth playing. Yeah, I remember being pretty disappointed with that game when I played it. Yeah, it, it was not great uh, at first, but now there are so many different characters that it's it's something decent if you're willing to pay the like 40 extra dollars to buy all fucking DLC for it. Uh, Grid Autosport. I didn't even know they were still making grid games. Uh, I miss whenever Codemasters made games I gave a shit about. I think that's Codemasters. What? Do you care for Grid? No. Nah. No, I I Uh, miss whenever they made uh, Second Sight and uh, Time Splitters. Right on, right on. (laughs) And now they uh, they just make racing games. I was going to say I was kind of missing with those names, but... Come to think of it, I haven't seen a Time Splitters game in a very long time. Oh yeah. Imagine probably a dead franchise. Uh more than likely, uh, the last that I'd heard the licensing was kind of stuck in a weird hell because That's... they they aren't sure who all owns certain aspects of it. But make another That's second sight. Why don't we have more games about psychic powers, goddammit? You ever play Second Sight? No. I have a physical copy of it on PC. Are you gloating, or can I expect to get that in the mail? I'm gloating. Okay. Uh, Deltarune coming Deltarune out. Deltarune Chapter 1. So, so as part of this, uh, it's basically been confirmed that Deltarune is Undertale 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just like a weird one-off thing that everybody thought it might be. Uh, definitely the next thing. So I haven't actually played Deltarune yet, but I did read the interview that Toby Fox did for Nintendo's uh, Switch news service. Do you know anything about the game? Have you played it at all? I uh, I played it for a little while. Uh, the animation, like the overall increase in quality is remarkable. From a, a gameplay standpoint, it's still basically Undertale, though, right? Kind of... Uh, pretty Bullet much. Hell meets comedy slash. Why do I care for these people so much? Uh, yeah, but there's a lot more focus on combat. It's not as optional as it used to be. All right. And like, for real, like the the just fidelity and the quality of the animation and stuff is really impressive. Uh, I'm oh, I'm interested. Oh. Yeah, it's no secret I loved Undertale. I got it installed on my Switch, the uh, the Chapter 1 thing that they got out for it. So whenever I can pull myself away from Breath of the Wild long enough to give it a try, I'm sure I'll fall in love with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check it out. Uh, we've got... Things worth checking out. Um, my buddies over at uh, NetherRealm Studios are making Mortal Kombat 11, which comes out on April 23rd for the Nintendo Switch. Yay! Hi, friends. It looks pretty Unravel cool. Unravel 2 is coming out for March 22nd. 
I don't actually know anything about Unravel. Like one, it's just so, a it's just a just a puzzle game, right? Yeah, it's just a puzzle yeah. platformer. Uh, what the more of those. fuck is Disney Sumsum? Disney Sumsum game. It's Disney marketing, and honestly, when I when I was looking at this game, all that I kept on thinking to myself is this shit looks like like a casino, like. If you walk into a casino and you look at like slot machines and shit like that going off, it would look like Disney soon soon. What the fuck is going? I'm watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just like a what? Why? It's, it's oh. mini games of Disney marketed soon soons, which I think are like physical products, and they're playing slot machine style games. Is this a is this a free game? I don't know. It should be a free game. If it's not a free game, I don't give a shit. I, whatever. Dragon Quest Builders 2 confirmed for Western release July 12th. I liked the first one. I didn't, I didn't actually buy it, but I liked the demo for it. <laughs> I liked the demo Oops. as well. It, uh, it was interesting Minecraft that I still think was worse than Minecraft. Yeah, well, it was it was like trying to actually add a story in progression and stuff, which I think is cool. Uh, I remember the music being unbearable. I if I that one song that plays on loop over and over. I played this game on mute like afterwards because I just got so fucking tired of it, and I think I lost out on something because of that. If uh, if the first game had had co op, I would have bought it, and this one has co op. Mm-hmm. They're pushing and that. That makes it that makes it worth playing. I think. I hope. Does uh, the wife play Dragon Age games at all? No. No. But, but she, she likes the Minecraft. And, like, we both liked Dragon Age. We almost bought or, Dragon Age. We both did that. You and I both said Dragon Age at one point. Uh, Dragon, Dragon Quest. Quest Builders. We both liked the demo. And then, like I said, whenever we found out it wasn't co-op, it was like, well, what I don't it? care. Like, sucks. Then there's also Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, which was announced. That's a. That's and a really I wish that they game. announced that they were going to do a shorter title. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of words. Previously released in Japan, DQ Eleven. to jump between 3D and 16-bit styles, turn-based battles, and both English and Japanese voice acting. And I do think that looks pretty cool. I think I'm going to enjoy doing that. I'm almost certainly going to pick this game up. Sorry, uh, on the recording, I played the trailer and tried to mute it before the sound played, but I didn't, so there's a loud honk now. (laughs) Uh, Is there... Just copy that and put it out through the episode so it sounds like a normal thing. It, it sounded kind of like Anthony Fantano Bonk! thing that's in every every review. Uh, I was hoping to Final like, Fantasy is coming up. Go ahead. Uh, I was I was hoping to like see something in the trailer about the. Oh, there it is. Is that how does that work? I'm not sure what you're referencing. What are you getting at? The 16-bit to to three. Oh, it, I'm guessing the game works off of like a 2D Zelda-style grid system when you're in 3D. So if you snap on the fly, it sort of just kind of picks a square to force you in. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, that's a really neat idea. Yeah, I I, I saw that, and that alone made me think I'm probably going to get this game. Oh, some, that's some tickle bitties right there. 
Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Final Fantasy Nine. Like, yeah, like they, I said um, earlier, they, I don't care. They ported over the mobile version, which was terrible, and people <sighs> had suspicions that they were going to do that. But like, it's still got all the bugs in it. So, no, don't get Final Fantasy Nine for the Switch. Which which sucks because like I was kind of actually looking forward to playing through this again, but a it's twenty bucks, and I ain't spending twenty bucks on Final Fantasy IX when I have the fucking disc like in arm's reach of me right now. And two, if you're gonna port it, don't do the iOS version, don't do the touch version. And then sidebar to that, if you are gonna do that, keep the touch functionality because I'm pretty sure they actually took it out. Like if you're playing your Switch handheld mode, you can't use the touch. That wouldn't surprise me. Which is stupid. Stupid uh, bad. But hey, at least they're re-releasing Final Fantasy VII on March 26th. It's going to get the same shitty treatment, I just know it. Uh, it'll probably be a port of the PS3 version. That would be alright, actually. Because uh, that, that one has like a, a two-time speed mode and stuff. That'd be alright, actually. Um, uh, I'm hoping they don't fuck up 12, because I'm looking forward to maybe playing 12 and not hating it. I bet and it'll be if, good. If I'm doing that, it's going to be on the Switch. Because the, the PC version's been been regarded pretty well. I My issue with Final Fantasy XII isn't necessarily an issue with the game. It's more with the platform. It plays like an MMO that you play alone. So yeah. a lot of it's just fucking killing time going fast forward. And that's sort of bullshit. That's why I put the game down. I've never finished twelve, But if I have it on a mobile platform, a portable, I might be a little more incentivized to Trek through the bullshit like when I'm playing my Switch in downtime. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely the big appeal of the Switch. And uh, the last Final Fantasy related thing was Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon Everybody. I don't give a fuck. Comes out of my birthday. That's that's cool. Are you gonna are you gonna get it for yourself as a birthday present? No, I usually hang out with Chocobo. No, this it, it kind of reminds me of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, and I wonder how coincidental that is. Uh, it's uh, not. It, uh, just, it, it's the same franchise. I imagined. I'm just not that interested in that franchise. It was a it was a thing before Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, like that was that was a thing, like a while back, apparently, supposedly. Speaking of things from a while back, did you know that they're making a new Marvel Ultimate Alliance game? Wow! Yeah, yeah, I knew that was a thing. I'm pretty, pretty hyped for it. I'm not gonna get it because I just I didn't play the first two, even though I owned, I think I owned the first one. Um, yeah, just I'm not that big into Marvel stuff, and I I don't want to play a Diablo game that doesn't have any like, because does it have like equipment and stuff? I didn't think it did. Nah, it's got ability unlocks. At least the old ones did. Um, what's probably going to happen is if I do get that, I'm getting it because my friends are getting it, and we could just play like local co-op with it because it'd probably be fun for that. Right. Like, yeah. Much like Diablo would be, but just playing it alone, I don't really have much interest in that. And I kind of am a Marvel guy too, so what does that say about the, the trust of the franchise? Yeah. Maybe, maybe my cheapness. That's... uh. I mean, it's, it's something that people wanted. Similarly to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, it's it's Symphony of the Night. Yeah. But, you know, 
modern 3D graphics, uh, big old boobs, and sexy goth girls. You know? They're also not in the pocket of uh, big Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not in Konami's uh, asshole and whatnot. And whoa, there's there's a reference to Dracula there at the end. That's kind of funny. Huh. Yeah, they don't even have to spell the name backwards. <laughs> well, they just they, they have the little they have like a little thing of a guy sitting in a chair with his, with his face in his hand and he's holding a drink of some kind. Like it's it's the well, is there a name for that bullshit face and hand anime thing? Like I've tried to reference that before and I don't know what to call it. Uh, I'm sure that there is because there's a Stupid. term for like everything in anime, but. Stupid. Did you know Starlink's getting more Star Fox content? What a surprise. I mean, that's the only reason that anyone bought that game, so... Uh, yeah, can't can't say I'm too surprised. Also can't say I care. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, speaking of things that I don't care about, Box Boy's coming for uh, for Switch. Yeah, I... It was a 3DS puzzle gamer that is getting a sequel. Yeah, I don't know why, like... Every like a lot of a lot of gaming outlets seem to have some real affinity for Box Boy, and I think I played one of those games, and I was like, "Yep, it's a it's an indie game." It's exactly what you, it looks like it's gonna be. Yeah, don't don't care at all. Do you uh, know, Squeenix is making a new JRPG about collecting souls, kind of like in a Super Mario, I mean Super Smash Brothers sticker star style spirit collection. Yeah, but the, they're not going to have, like, Metal Gear Solid characters as some of the souls. So. Right, which is why I'm not getting the Square Enix JRPG game. It doesn't have If it doesn't have Solid Snake, I'm not interested. Gotta Pretty send much. that message. It, it otherwise just looks like a, like a kind of eh, hack and slashy type thing. Oh, wait, yeah, I watched the trailer for this a little while back. And I went, oh, yeah, it looks really mediocre. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Make mediocre, R- Rune Factory 5 uh, coming out. So I'm watching the trailer for this game again, and oh. this looks terrible. Uh, on- Oninaki or Rune Factory? Uh, Rune Factory 4. Uh, I don't actually see Oni. Oh no, Oniaki, the thing we were talking about before. That looks terrible too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like Rune Factory 4 in particular, this looks like somebody took a game they were making for the 3DS and they're like, oh shit, we're doing this for the Switch now. Um, is the engine compatible? Well, yeah, that, that is literally what they did. The uh, Rune Factory 4 was a was a 3DS game. Oh yeah, look at that. So that's just a remaster. Yeah. Rune Factory 5. Uh, is presumably, you know, going to be developed specifically for the Switch. Thing is, like, I, I uh, whatever, man. Why are you they're, starting with bringing the the game to the console on four? Like, if you rem- if, if it's good enough to remaster, why aren't you remastering it in a way that lets people know the whole story? Who the fuck's jumping on board this franchise at four? <laughs> because, uh, well. Do you know anything about Rune Factory? Mm, I remember there was a game on DS called Rune Factory that I wanted. 
So it's basically got, so never got. It's basically um, not even basically. Uh, it is Harvest Moon, but an RPG. Uh, it it does a lot of the things that like Stardew Valley has already done better. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you'd get Rune Factory Four when Stardew Valley is already available. And Stardew Valley has online co-op. That's, uh, yeah. And I, I can't imagine that uh, Rune Factory 5 will do any better than, than that. Because they, uh, they've pretty well shown that they don't know what people want out of a Harvest Moon game in the modern day. Which is combat and romance mechanics? Yes. So if it is... Playroom Factory. Oh man. Well, that's uh that's all I've got. We've been here for yeah. a while now. Yeah, I'm pretty exhausted. I'm ready to like get some dinner and go to bed. Same. Um but I, I, I felt bad about last week, so I wanted to hammer through everything. Hope you hope you don't mind. I mean, I do, and I'll probably never be coming back, but well whatever, man. Uh, hopefully it was a sacrifice worth making, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan's like, we did it. Uh, well, we don't do anything at the ending anymore. No, we we already introduced ourselves at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, uh, oh, should I, oh. I, I didn't tell everybody where they can listen to the podcast they're already listening to. Don't do that. I hate when they do that. I don't what know. Have you ever uh, seen Holy Grail? What you should do is you should just throw up some inter- intermission music and we could just like walk out of here. Okay. Nathan's gay. Nathan's big gay boy. No, I'm not Nathan's gay boy. <laughs> <laughs>